welcome back to the Politics Unbox podcast. My name is Rhys and today we're going to be taking a break from the coronavirus updates section of the podcast and we are going to be having a look at the Labour leadership race. So um, without any further ado, let's throw ourselves into some uh, analysis of what is actually going to be happening in um, what, just a, a couple of days, or actually it depends on on uh, when this one's going to come out, but um, uh, on the 4th of April, the Labour leadership race will conclude. So there's only so many more occasions on which I can actually get this uh, this podcast out, but um, we're going to do it in a, in a few, few segments. So this first one is going to be what actually happened for Labour in 2019, uh, the election that is, and what it can do to try and recover. Um, the next podcast, or the next section of it, is going to be um, what each of the leadership candidates represent for Labour and uh, what the deputy leadership candidates represent for Labour, how these different combinations might look. And then um, just before, uh, I'll probably release it about 10 o'clock, uh, a very brief preview of how the 4th of April is actually going to work because it's going to be slightly different to uh, well, to how you would expect a large-scale um, leadership announcement to go. Um, so, without any further ado, let's have a look at what actually happened for Labour in 2019. Um they were destroyed. To put it as simply as possible, um, the Labour Party were absolutely obliterated in the general election of 2019. They won um, 203 seats, uh, although it's actually 202 because the Speaker, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, uh, although technically running under the Labour Party, just as John Burko technically ran with the Conservatives as an independent and doesn't take a seat. Um, so 202, making it their worst result since 1935. Even worse than in 1983. Um, the Labour Party lost the North. Uh, their heartlands went blue for the first time. Uh, for some, it was the first time in a generation they'd gone blue. Perhaps it was even longer. Um, some seats which hadn't been blue since the 50s or the 30s, or even some seats that just simply hadn't left the Labour Party since the 50s or the 30s, um, went to the Conservatives. Veteran Labour MPs, Dennis Skinner, he lost his Bolsover seat that he's held since 1970. He was in line to be the father of the House, so the most senior um, member of Parliament left in the House of Commons. He was in line to be it, except he lost his seat. Um, Scotland, um, Labour have been been hit again in Scotland. You thought they couldn't, uh, they couldn't be hit harder than they were in 2015. Well, this is nearly as bad. Um, it is. 
their worst performance, as I said, since 1935, and that was when the party was nearly irrevocably split over the Great Depression. And in terms of uh, 2024, well, it looks like the Tories are going to win this election, or the next election as well, because the size of this majority is not easy for any party to overturn in one go, let alone a Labour Party that has just come off the back of one of the worst kickings it's ever going to face. Um, so, off the back of 2019, the Labour Party had uh, a lot of soul-searching to do. Do they stick with Corbynism without Corbyn? Does the Corbynite wing still control the party? Um, the blame game began immediately. Um, Corbyn looked defeated on uh, election night. He couldn't have gone again, even if he wanted to. Um, but hey, uh, where did it all go wrong in 2019? That's what actually happened. But um, where did it all go wrong? Um, well, if you ask Jeremy Corbyn, it's essentially Brexit. Um, when he gave his acceptance speech in uh Two, uh, not in 2019, in his Islington North constituency, he essentially got up and said, I will not lead the Labour Party into the next general election, but it's not my fault we lost. And of course, why would he? He's the leader of a, a movement that grew and grew and grew, and he still maintains, right to this day, that he won the argument. Um, whether or not he did, well, he lost the election, so it's Hard to see how he won the argument, um, but you could say that a number of these Labour or Labour-style policies are now being implemented, albeit under very different circumstances to how um, Jeremy Corbyn would have liked to have seen them implemented. Um, this is um, a bit of a, a problem, because yes, many people do blame Brexit for the position that the Labour Party found themselves in. They blame people like the uh, the Keir Starmer wing of the party. Um, the Keir Starmer wing of the party, of course, who were calling for a second referendum, who were calling for Labour's position on that referendum to be Remain, uh, effectively. They were calling for Labour to be a Remain party, um, just like the Liberal Democrats. And, um, well, we all know just how catastrophically the 2019 um the 2019 election was for the liberal democrats of course they they lost their leader uh, they halved the mp's they were uh, they were absolutely crushed onto 11 um it is hard to say whether brexit was the only cause um, it was certainly a key cause. It was a major, major issue of the day. Um, Brexit was undeniably a factor in the general election. But I think that anybody who blames an entire election off of one policy, uh, an entire election result off of just one factor has fundamentally misunderstood uh, the actual election that was that was going on. Uh, 
So, yes, Brexit definitely played some part. Um, you could actually argue, however, that Keir Starmer dragging the party towards the Remain area, or his um, his supporters, people around him, maybe people like Tom Watson, uh, more about him when we discuss the deputy leadership. Um, people like that actually nullified the Lib Dem threat uh, rather than creating a bad image for the Labour Party. You could have said that without um, the Labour Party dragging itself further towards the Remain camp, then the Liberal Democrats would just have eaten into their vote share, and you could have seen an even worse result. Of course, these are hypotheticals we will never know. Um, Brexit, however, has been widely blamed as a reason for why the Labour Party uh, was destroyed in 2019. Um, Another reason, Jeremy Corbyn's leadership. Um, On the ITV election night programme, a particularly scathing comment was made about Jeremy Corbyn's leadership uh, by the former Labour Home Secretary, Alan Johnson. He said, Jeremy Corbyn couldn't lead the working class out of a paper bag. Um, When the majority of the Labour Party support has typically come from the working class, that is a sad indictment of a Labour leader, especially one who has been so um, anti-establishment figure, um, sticking up for, or perceived to be sticking up for the working classes, his entire life. To say that Jeremy Corbyn couldn't lead the Labour Party, or the working classes rather, out of a paper bag, uh, effectively says he had no chance whatsoever of winning that election. And of course, maybe that's what Alan Johnson meant. Um, But Jeremy Corbyn's leadership has become um, sort of a critical point around the Labour Party. He did very well in 2017. He was seen to be a much better leader than most of the Labour Party were um, allowing themselves to admit, uh, especially the Parliamentary Labour Party, were allowing themselves to admit he was before 2017 in that election, where he outdid all that was expected of him, and didn't go down to a, a humbling defeat against Theresa May, was seen to be proof of his good leadership. Um, well, we've seen the result of Jeremy Corbyn against a far more experienced and far uh, more charismatic campaigner, whether you like him or not, um, that statement about Boris Johnson cannot be denied uh, when compared to Theresa May, Uh, and we've seen the results. So does Jeremy Corbyn's leadership come into it? Well, yes and no. Um, Yes, in that it was clearly no match for whatever Boris Johnson was doing to the Conservative Party. Uh, He just couldn't get the same energy behind the 2019 campaign he was able to get behind the 2017 campaign. Maybe that was because of who he was against. Maybe that was because of the very particular set of circumstances. Uh, But whatever it is, um, it was a factor. Uh, And you could also argue, no, well, the leadership were undermined, you could say. Uh, various Labour MPs, uh, the former Labour MP Ian Austin, spoke out against leadership. Um, 
various MPs left the Labour Party for various reasons. Um, you could say they were undermining the leadership, and there were, of course, calls that Tom Watson, the deputy leader, was actually undermining Jeremy Corbyn's position as leader. So there are various arguments on both sides. One um, key element that uh, drove people away from the Labour Party, whether it was um, exaggerated or underestimated, uh, I've seen reports of both from uh, various news sources, uh, are the accusations of anti-Semitism within the Labour Party. Now, those people who support Jeremy Corbyn would say that this was um, a conflagration between anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism, uh, that Jeremy Corbyn is not an anti-Semite, um, and that whilst there may be issues of anti-Semitism within the Labour Party, none of it can be traced back uh, to Jeremy Corbyn. Um, those opposed, uh, those who believe who, uh, those who believe Jeremy Corbyn um, was complacent or negligent in his handling of anti-Semitism, would say that even if Corbyn himself is not an anti-Semite, um, he has actually, on balance, probably shown himself, in fact, definitely shown himself to be uh, an anti-racist, um, and as anti-Semitism is a form of racism, uh, he would be um, against any form of anti-Semitism. Um, but because he and his leadership did not act swiftly enough in um, in combating these allegations of anti-Semitism, in driving them out of the Labour Party, and in keeping the Labour Party free of anti-Semitism, then by that complacency, by that negligence, he allowed himself to fall in to um, anti-Semitism by the back door. Um, whichever way it came about, it hurt the campaign. It really did. Um, it definitively hurt that campaign, and without it we could be looking at a very different uh, picture. Whether it was more significant than Brexit and Corbyn's overall leadership, again, the joys of politics, we will never know. One final point I'm just going to raise about why 2019 happened. I'm going to try and keep each of these segments to about 15 minutes, which is why I'm slightly hurrying. Um, but one final reason why the 2019 result went the way it did. Um, the North had been slowly drifting away from the Labour Party uh, for quite a while. Or was it that the Labour Party had been drifting away from the North? Um, Whenever a party has a heartland, um, the Tories in southeast England, uh, the Liberal Democrats in sort of southwest England, if they have a heartland anymore, um, the Labour Party and the north of England, um, it tends to be that that party begins to become complacent around that heartland. And the Labour Party were certainly complacent about the north of England in the 2019 general election. They just assumed that places like Blythe Valley, um, Ballsover, all of those uh, northern towns, um, Workingham Man, um, the typical northern voter, the Labour Party assumed that no matter what the Tories gave them, they would be Labour voters at the end of the day. Boy, were they wrong. Um, the Labour Party allowed itself again to be painted as this group of, of London-centric politicians. It didn't help the fact that uh, the cabinet 
uh, made up of the high-profile members of the cabinet. Um, you have Jeremy Corbyn, Islington North, Emily Thornbury, Shadow Foreign Secretary, Islington South and Finsbury, Diane Abbott, Home Shadow Home Secretary, Hackney, um, was it uh, Sir Keir Starmer? I think it's Hoban St Pancras. Um, it's a it's a very London club, and they are so far removed from their heartlands that it is not feasible for them to maintain contact without some sort of special effort. Um, and they didn't make it. They never, they've never made it, uh, really. Ever since the the new Labour wave, they've just expected it to be there. And right when they needed it, of course, it it ran out because they left it alone for too long. Um, this is the point that people like um, Lisa Nandy were making. Uh, Lisa Nandy, uh, of course, running to be the Labour leader, saying that the North was fundamentally unrecognised by the Labour Party for the last several years, and this is the election result. Well, you could have seen it coming if you'd been looking at how the Labour Party were treating its heartlands. Um, add into that uh, what was seen to be, or at least accused to be, as a dismissive um, dismissive attitude around voters who may have been perceived as stupid. Several uh, accusations labelled that the Shadow Foreign Secretary, Emily Thornbury, or voters they felt they didn't have to win over, uh, many of whom were situated in the Midlands, in the north of England, in Labour heartlands they just thought would go their way, um, even if they had voted leave. Uh, and the party's position on Brexit was slightly muddled, even by some people's own admission at the top table. Um, they allowed the situation to get out of hand, and it cost them the election. I don't think that's any exaggeration to say. Um, by dismissing the North, by focusing far too much on defeating the Liberal Democrats in Remain areas when they should have been focusing on trying to beat the Tories in Leave areas, um, the Labour Party election strategy and their complacency around their heartlands cost them this election. <laughs> That's where I'm actually going to leave this section of the Politics Unboxed podcast. Um, like I said, there are going to be a couple more sections on their way about the Labour leadership. We're going to go over the candidates for leader and deputy leader, what they would have in store for the Labour Party and how the various combinations would work. Um, and then we're going to have a look at a very short preview of what's actually going to be happening on the 4th of April. Um, which is, of course, when they will be announcing the winner of the Labour leadership contest, and we'll get to find out what direction the Labour Party is going to go into. Um, I haven't quite decided how many segments I'm going to split that up into, uh, those next few sections, but we will see over the next few days when they get released. Um, I'll also put them all together into one big mega mix for you at the end. Um, right now, all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening to the Politics Unboxed podcast. I hope to see you around again soon for the next one, and goodbye. Mm-hmm.